That was Vanessa Bell Armstrong with Good News. Welcome to it. This is Radio Pulpit and Radio K Pulpit. And I am now very blessed to speak to Oliver Kwambush. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Oliver. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> Oliver is all the way originally from Germany, and he is the founder, CEO, and fearless leader of Hotel Hope Ministries. I can't wait to tell you guys more about that. But let me just start by saying welcome, Oliver, not just to the program, but to South Africa. We are so blessed by the great work you are doing here. Uh, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. Uh, Oliver, you are now in South Africa. Tell me, how did you come from all the way from Germany to South Africa? What brought you here? Yes. So I'm originally from Germany. I um, have lived all over the world. Um, um, I um, chose hotel management as my profession, and um, that gave me the opportunity to live in France, in Hong Kong, in Russia. And ultimately, after 14 years in hotel management, I decided I would settle in London, and I lived in London for 11 years. Um, that, you know, what what brought me to South Africa, um, I have to say God brought me. Mm. I'm very grateful to God. Um, and I was very grateful that for once I listened. Um, I didn't try to lead him, but he led, led me and I followed. Um, I actually only became a Christian in 2000. Um, Pastor Janali. Wow. And um, I became a Christian on an Alpha course at um, Holy Trinity Brompton. Um, and I was at that time, I had left the um, hotel industry and I was actually in fashion marketing. Um, wow. I was um, director of sales, marketing and public relations for a very upmarket um, design brand in London called Belleville Sassoon. But I was incredibly searching. Um, I, you know, kind of didn't realize how shallow the pursuit of fashion can be, even wow. though my parents came out of textiles and I thought I knew the industry very well. Um, I, you know, just just realized that um, I am a Christian and it cannot be my, you know, reason for being that I've been brought onto this earth um, by, by God um, to sell, um, you know, very upmarket and very expensive ladies evening wear to the best boutiques worldwide, um, you know, kind of um, top-notch um, department stores. So I prayed actually um, for three and a half years that God, you know, every day I'm, you know, not of the persuasion you pray once and, you know, then you, 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 you know, kind of you stop because you know that God has heard your prayer. Mm, but mm, I mm. actually prayed daily for three and a half years, um, you know, wow. often thanking God, you know, that he would set things in motion. But I did pray that God shows me what he wants me to do and where he wants me to do it, um, you know, away from the fashion industry. And, you know, during this whole time, I loved what I was doing. I actually enjoyed my job. I was also very successful at it. Um, but I knew, you know, ultimately there should be, you know, something else. But I wanted him to call me into something, not, you know, just for me to leave the fashion industry. Mm. So. Having said that, um, you know, I believe that actually God really spoke to me once. I've only had this, um, you know, twice in my life, but I had it once um, on a Friday afternoon when I was sitting in what we call the Holy um, Spirit Chapel um, at my church in London. And I said to God again, I said, God, what do you want me to do and where do you want me to do it? And I actually felt he was really speaking very, very audibly to me. Mm. Um, and he said, 
Oliver, you know exactly, you've asked me that so often, you know exactly what I want you to do. And I said, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to do my work. Mm. And I actually had this little conversation, and I said, what is your work? And I wasn't quite sure, would it be, you know, do I have to be um, a pastor or a priest or a monk or, you know, what is God's work? And he said, I'll show you my work and um, you will know this is the work that I have for you. Mm. So with this, I, you know, then didn't hear anything, but I was very, very encouraged, actually, um, that God would ultimately show me what he want, what, what he wants me to do and where he wants me to do it. And believe it or not, in October 2005, I heard about a children's home in Yeovil. Yeah. I had never been to Johannesburg, but I heard about a children's home in Yeovil that needed, um, that, that was looking for volunteers. And I applied for a four-week volunteer assignment um, at this um, um, children's home um, over Christmas 2005. And I was accepted, which was wonderful. And I arrived in Joburg, and I remember that so clearly I walked up the steps to this home in Yeovil, and God said, do you remember? You asked me, you know, what do you want me to do, and where do you want me to do it? Mm. This is the work that I have for you, and this is the place where I want you to be. And I was actually shocked, to be honest, um, um, Pastor Janali, because I, you know, kind of, I lived a very, very, you know, kind of a, a, a very... Um, successful life in in the eyes of the world. I had a two-bedroom apartment in Chelsea. I had a BMW 3 Series um, convertible as a company car. And, and, you know, suddenly, you know, God showed me Yeovil, of all places, and and children, which I had really not expected. Mm. Um, But I volunteered for four weeks. It was wonderful. And the pastor um, who had founded the the orphanage um, after the four weeks said to me, Oliver, you know, kind of, I see you enjoyed yourself and the kids love you. Would you consider coming back to not as a, as a childcare worker, but, um, you know, to help us grow our ministry it was also a Christian um, children's home, of course. Yes. And um, we would love you to come back long term, full time, unpaid. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> full time unpaid, <laughs> full time unpaid at the age of at the time I was 42. Um, I, and I was very shocked, to be honest, uh, because, you know, I did not expect. No, and she said, you know, we are all missionaries here and we, you know, raise our support from friends, family, loved ones. And I have to say, God is God has such a sense of humor, and mm. He knows exactly what is needed, of course. Um, and He knew that I had to break with my still with my um, you know very strong sense of achievement, of you know um, self sufficiency, um, which you know kind of I had grown up with. My parents, you know, kind of always preached. Um, you know, I don't I don't come from a Christian background, mm-hmm. um, and they always um, you know you know said that no. No one owes you anything and you have to be successful, etc., etc. And suddenly I had in the midst of my life an opportunity to become a full-time volunteer <laughs> at sure. a children's home in Yeovil. But I prayed and I had a lot of prayer back in London where I was. And I actually 
actually made the decision to resign from my job in in fashion and i came out here in may 2006 and moved into a home for missionaries in albert north and um, you know kind of volunteered full-time with the um, children's organization before setting up hotel hope in 2008. this is <laughs> this is all just god you, you listen to it and you, and you realize that this can only be god oliver you speak of some of the sacrifices that you had to make after you've been called by god we're not just talking obviously um the car the apartment the lifestyle <sighs> that comes with being successful in fashion and the hotel industry what are some of the other sacrifices you had to make you are far away from your family Yes. So, you know what? I was single at the time um, and I am still single. Actually, I'm, a, I'm now a single dad um, to two adopted um, boys um, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased, uh, Pastor Jenali. So um, I, you know, kind of that was not really the sacrifice. I mean, I had lived internationally for so long, you know, mm. so moving to South Africa and reestablishing my life here. Um, away from my, you know, biological family, from my parents, from my brothers who are still living in Europe, that was not as as bad, or you know, kind of not not as bad. Yes. So, and interestingly enough, you know, the sacrifices that I made in regards to, you know, kind of living circumstances, actually didn't really feel like 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 sacrifices. Um, sacrifices exactly because the fulfillment that i had and i have to say i often think back of these two first years in south africa they were actually probably one of my happiest mm. in my entire life because i had a i had a you know an assignment i had a job that that was incredibly um, fulfilling um, i lived in a in a way i had no responsibilities it's actually very liberating when you live in a in a room with just a single bed and you know a shared bathroom and you're not responsible for the maintenance mm. so, so these things have have changed of course now you know that i that i you know kind of created my own family and i w didn't want them to live in a home for missionaries i wanted them to live in a in a family home and mm. so all these added stresses of you know maintenance and um, you know paying um, um light electricity water etc you know they have come back into my life but that's perfectly fine um, so what i really wanted to say um you know it really didn't feel so much like a sacrifice it actually felt i was in absolutely the the place where god wanted me and that you know is often the nicest place mm. to be and the most secure place to be so um you know i was incredibly happy and i continue to be very happy and i continue to actually be able to support myself this is actually very you know this is also so amazing so i have actually never um, drawn a salary from Hotel Hope and um, the organization that I started in 2008. Instead, I continued to rely on God's provision into wow, my life. And wow. it's, it's been an amazing faith walk. And what shape or form does God's provision take on, Oliver? What does it look like for you? So 
I mean, you know, it's 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 different every month. I mean, I have a I have a you know core group of of friends and part of my family. My older brother is supporting me, so um, friends from from London continue to support me um, financially, which is fantastic. I also, before actually moving into the fashion industry, um, had a small business um, that I had set up together with one of my brothers, and we sold that in two thousand and eight. And we sold it three months before the worldwide recession hit. I don't know if you remember sure, yes. 2008, yes. suddenly in June, Lehman Brothers, um, which was an institution worldwide, you know, had to close their doors. And we had a, had a lovely, lovely business that we sold in March 2008 you know, not knowing what was around the corner. And I have to say, if we hadn't sold at that stage, it would have taken many years, you know, until we would have found a, a buyer again for the, you know, business that we had. So God was very, very faithful wow. um, and allowed me, you know, kind of, you know, I came into a windfall, um, which then allowed me to actually buy our first children's home outright for, for Hotel Home. Wow. We're going to get to Hotel Hope Ministries in a few minutes. We're going to take a yes, quick yes. a quick music break. But I first want to ask you, Oliver, to tell me about the adoption of your two beautiful boys. Yes. So not not so much boys anymore. <laughs> <laughs> my, oldest, my oldest son is now 20. Wow. Um, eight years old in 2008 when I adopted him. So I would not adopt from my own organization because that would just you know be you know not right towards those kids that i cannot adopt yes. um, you know they would just wonder what what is what is happening um, and why why am i not the chosen one mm. um, so i actually adopted for, from an organization that i you know kind of wasn't wasn't involved in um, but i did know my my son capello um for for a while actually um and it was amazing it was it's it's actually the best experience that i have ever had and I am so grateful to God that he allows me to to be a father um, to, you know, to these wonderful children. Um, my younger, you know, that's also very interesting. My younger son, um, Innocent, who is now 15 years old, I adopted in 2010. Mm-hmm. And believe, believe me, I actually got a call um, while I was um, on treatment for a stage four lymphoma. Sure. And I was actually in ICU. And I got a call from a child protection organization that said, listen, we have a young boy who is, um, you know, kind of needs a home and the home where he is at the moment is closed down. Would you consider adopting a second child? Sure. And I didn't know, you know, my my wonderful son, um, you know, at that stage. And I met him when he was five years old. And um, yeah, it's been an amazing um you know amazing walk and a wonderful walk but it uh, you know it was so telling that god actually you know kind of gave me this opportunity while being in hospital you Mm. know that he he you know and i felt this is also an absolute sign that you know this is not the end (laughs) yes in a way you know he still has plans you know and those are plans to prosper prosper me and not to to harm me and you know i love the biblical truth that are so 
you know, kind of very important. Wow, that's incredible. Innocent was the sign of life Amen. for you as well. We thank God Amen. for their lives. We're speaking to Oliver Kwambush. We'll be right back with him. And then we talk about Hotel Hope Ministries here in Auckland Park in Johannesburg. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're taking a quick music break. Let's have a listen to Fred Jerkins with Victory. That was Fred Jerkins with Victory featuring Last Call, of course, there. Uh, if you just tuned in, you missed out on the first part of my uh, incredibly insightful and inspirational conversation with Oliver Kwambush, all the way from Germany. He's traveled the world and now settled down in Auckland Park in Johannesburg. He's the founder, the CEO and leader of Hotel Hope Ministries. Remember that this um, interview is available on our website as well if you would like to podcast it go to radiopulpit.co.za oliver now tell me about hotel hope ministries when i hear the name and i hear your testimony i understand that this is a culmination of your experience and training as a hotel manager and your calling as well wow that's spot on. Um, Pastor Janali, you should become our PR manager. <laughs> Why not? Uh, exactly. Um, um, in, indeed. I mean, it really is the culmination. Um, and it is really an eye. It is something that I often say, you know, anything we learn in, in life, you know, we learn in order to set a base for something else that God has in, in, in store for us. Mm. Um, and I have to say, um, everything that I learned in my commercial, um, you know, career, in my corporate career, I am now able to, you know, kind of um, use in, you know, kind of in the running of Hotel Hope Ministries. Um, it's a small, it's still a small organization and we, we like to keep it this way too mm. because um, we run three um, adoption homes um, in Melville and Westine. Um, we um, have a small outreach in Alexandra for teenagers in crisis pregnancy um, situations. Um, and we also have part of our funding strategy, three charity shops um, and each shop, um, you know, kind of contributes um, financially to the running of, of one home. So we have this philosophy of, you know, one home, one shop in order to be able to generate part parts of our our outgoings um, through our own funding, uh, through our own trading activities. You yes. know, you might ask, sorry, Pastor Janali, um, and you said it earlier, you know, it's the culmination indeed. And we called it Hotel Hope um, for two reasons. Um, not because my background is the hotel is hotel management, but actually, we wanted to create a, a name that is positive. Mm. Normally, you know, we associate um, you know hotels with places where we like to be. Um, not a you know not an orphanage, not a you know kind of a, a, a haven. It's just something you know you know kind of of good standard. Yes. Um, and um, we also wanted to signify um, that we are creating homes that are temporary. Yes. Because we really believe you know kind of even though we run family style children's homes, um, that's only second best in the eyes of our you know of our god our god is for families and that's why adoptions are you know so important for us mm. um, and in the three homes we have space for 24 children and we have had 114 children since 2011 when the first home sure. opened sure 
and 90 um, children out of our homes have been adopted into Thank South you. African families or abroad. Um, older children and special needs children and HIV positive children often are being adopted into, into um, Northern Europe. Younger children and younger, you know, kind of healthy babies are, are, you know, staying in South Africa because there's such an amount of available children that, um, you know, kind of South African families do have the choice to to choose a young young child. Sure. Oliver, as I'm listening to you now, I'm realizing how amazing that statistic is because there are a lot of children uh, that are still in need of a homes and often we hear stories of orphanages saying that people are not coming some of these children end up staying there until they are 18 years old what would you yes. say to listeners today who might be considering opening up their home and their families in their hearts to, to uh, someone by adopting yeah you <laughs> thank you so I, I really think that adoption is the most, you know, kind of Christian response to our child protection crisis mm. um, that we can that we can offer. Um, if we think about it, um, you know, even Jesus was adopted by Joseph. Mm. <laughs> Joseph was not the biological father, um, mm. but he actually, you know, welcomed him into his family um, like his his own son. And if it is good enough for Jesus, it should be good enough for us, if I may say yes, that flippantly. Yes. Um, so um, I would highly recommend anyone who feels that they have the capacity to open their homes and their families and their lives to a child, um, not just a newborn, because, you know, children are for life. Mm. Um, and, you know, an adopted child like your biological child will potentially grow into a rebellious teenager will you know come with all sets of difficulties um mm. but um if you are prepared to you know nurture a life um you know i think you must you know research you know there is a wonderful organization called the national adoption coalition south africa naxa naxa.org is the i think it, .org .za is the website address um, mm. that gives a lot of information about you know kind of adoption and then i have to say you know we work with two adoption agencies um in pilo here in johannesburg and other adoptions in in pretoria and i would definitely engage the services of an adoption agency in order to get the best possible service and a rapid service mm. um, because nothing would be more frustrating than waiting three years for sure. you know a child that you that you want and you hear some horror stories yes. actually of um, you know kind of um, adoptions not you know kind of um, inquiries not going right so you need to have an um, an adoption social worker who really works tirelessly on your on your case it's not difficult to adopt in South Africa. Um, Nelson Mandela, um, when he became president, was he was very aware of the high number of orphaned and abandoned children in South Africa. And he made it much easier than it is in Europe, for example, mm. um, to adopt. So, for example, there is no age limit 
for you to adopt. In Europe, you know, you cannot adopt a newborn if you're over 40 years old. Wow. In South Africa, you can adopt um, even at an older age. Um, single people can adopt like myself. Um, yes. You know, I, I was so grateful for that. Um, co cohabiting people, not that we, you know, kind of encourage that all that much, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. can, can, can adopt. Um, and, um, you know, there is no... Um, you know, kind of, no, no, you don't have to earn, you have to be able to provide, mm. you know, but you don't have to earn mega amounts of money in order to adopt a child. You just have to provide a child with, you know, the ability to go to school and to have a, you know, a, to have a family life. Oliver, I wanted to ask you, um, is adoption or the adoption process an expensive one, which is something we sometimes hear? So, you know what, um, most agencies, and I know this for ABBA and Impilo, work on a sliding scale. Mm. Um, so, for example, while we don't charge any amount, you know, we are completely donations reliant mm. um, in order to, you know, take care of the 20 ch um, 24 children in our care. You cannot expect that from every social worker. Mm. Um, you cannot expect from every social worker. So the social workers have a state defined um, set of fees, actually, mm. but um, they will always look at your financial circumstances and see what um you know what you can afford if you can't afford the full you know kind of state um state prescribed um you know amount of fees uh oliver i want to thank you so much for your time and sharing your testimony and the great work that you do with us here on radio pulpit and radio k pulpit um as you said you guys are completely reliant on donations how can our listeners help you how can we get involved how can we find you how do we support you wow thank um, thank you again for for asking that so i i you know always say there are four ways of getting involved um number one pray for us mm. um really you know kind of um, pray for you know provision pray for the health of the children the health of the care workers for just you know for it for tell hope to to flourish in a in a godly way Number two, because of our social trading, you know, we are very interested, particularly in the Johannesburg um, area, to receive donations in kind, um, mm. which are, you know, kind of if you are downsizing or if you're moving, we're very happy to to come and pick up anything that, um, in um, second hand that is still in working conditions and clothing and and and. We have a you know monthly needs list for the children that you can help us you know kind of buy items um, from. Number three is of course to volunteer your time. Something that during COVID and during the current um, you know state of affairs we had to suspend, mm. um, but it will start again. Um, so you know helping in the charity shops, helping at the children's homes. And number four, of course, and there's four and four A. Number four is if you feel that, you know, Jesus leads you to helping us financially, donating to us, you know, we we would, of course, not say no. Mm -hmm. And I would like to maybe give you my cell phone number at mm -hmm. the end of the interview um, or, and, and at the end of our talk. Um, so financial donations um, and something that, um, you know, we also often stress is even if you feel you might not want to donate right now, maybe just leave us something in your will. You know, mm. so you don't have to part with it right now. But we believe, you know, we are here for the long term 
and our motto is you know kind of short-term interventions eternal results um, mm. so if you feel you know kind of um, that you want to leave us um finances in your will or you know kind of goods in your will we would be incredibly grateful um well you can get your pens and paper ready oliver is about to give that number as well and um, i'm sure you can find them online as well hotel hope ministries go get your pen and paper so that you can jot the number down exactly so my cell phone is 073-809-3600 i repeat that's zero seven three eight zero nine three six zero zero and my email as you say pastor is um oliver at hotel hope ministries dot org there you have it zero seven three eight zero nine three six hundred zero seven three eight zero nine three six hundred that's oliver kwambush from hotel hope ministries in auckland park johannesburg oliver once again thank you so much for your time we bless god we appreciate we praise him for the great work that is doing through you here in johannesburg thank you for uh, sharing with us today thank you so so much for this wonderful talk um, thank you god bless you much and your listeners